Thanks for listening to the Friday Live Extra from NET Radio, a weekly podcast featuring arts and humanities in Nebraska, and an online-only feature we produce in conjunction with our weekly radio show, Friday Live. I'm Genevieve Randall, and this week on our podcast extra, we will learn what's coming up for the Best Streeter Aldridge House in Elmwood, Nebraska. That's a little bit later. But we start this week, however, with an ensemble whose discography numbers over 130 albums. They can play nearly any style of music. They're also one of the most well-known brass ensembles around. Canadian Brass is returning to the Lead Center with shows April 29th and 30th. And all members of the group are here to talk about their music. Caleb Hudson, Jeff Nelson, Achilles Liarmacopoulos, Elmer Charampi, and Chuck Dellenbach, tuba player extraordinaire, probably the most recorded tuba player in history and a founding member of the ensemble since 1970. Well, Jeff, Achilles, Elmer, Caleb, and Chuck, it is so great to have you all on our podcast this week. We're so happy to be here. All of us. I have to start with Chuck Dellenbach. Look what you started with this thing. Started in 1970, and here it is 2021. Did you ever imagine the journey that this ensemble would go on? Well, fortunately, I have the memory of a goldfish. So uh, it's been about a year, I think, or two years. It's working out perfectly. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) No, we had no idea. In In 1970, we were on the ground floor of brass quintets. There had been no professional group that actually... Uh, dedicated their entire uh, career path to brass. So we took a deep breath and uh, started to see if we could build audiences because, of course, there was no built-in audience. And that meant choosing music that uh, people would enjoy, that we would enjoy playing. And uh, if we had a match, then we could go on. And it's like, it's kind of a simple story of climbing a small hill and seeing another one ahead of it and then climbing that. It's a little taller and a little taller. And the next thing you know, we were in Carnegie Hall, which I think was the defining moment for brass quintet. That is amazing. And, you know, when you mention the fact that you play music that you enjoy, I have to believe that that's part of what the audience feels. If you were playing music you didn't enjoy, they would know, right? Oh, that's absolutely true. And we've always felt like everybody had to like, you couldn't have one person saying, well, I don't really like this and saying, well, majority rules, let's play it anyway. It really had to be five people all pointed in the same direction. And that was the watchword for the brass. And I think that's what really set us apart from other, not only brass players, but string players and vocalists and everybody else is that we really felt we had to love the music and then make sure it's kind of like concentric circles, find music that an audience would love and music that we would love and make sure we agreed. Well, I'm curious to know how this weird year has been for Canadian brass and kind of where this lead center performance is in uh, the sort of gradual reemergence of of performances and touring. Well, this is Achilles here. Uh, Oh, no, it's not. It's Chuck. Achilles, you said, how is this year going? Because you were in New York most of the year, right? Right. Well, it's interesting, actually, because before the pandemic started, it was one of the busiest times we had in the recent years. I mean, we were touring nonstop from October until February. We had, um, of course, a Christmas tour, and then we had a long European tour and a Japanese tour. So when the pandemic started, 
we had some time to to rest a little bit, but unfortunately it was a little too long. So we started uh, working on some different projects, some recordings, talking about the future of the group. And now we're starting slowly with concerts again, and we're so excited to be here uh, and playing in this magnificent concert hall here in Nebraska in Lincoln. People don't realize that a lot of you balance, you know, more than one thing. Canadian brass isn't the only thing that keeps you busy. So I, I wonder how that worked out at the beginning of this year and how you're starting to piece your schedules together. Jeff here, and I, the horn player, and I also teach at Indiana University. So it was quite busy to juggle all those things as well. as we're, I was teaching online as well. So it was a, a busy time while we were also trying to, all five, all five of us were trying to figure out how to record ourselves at home and edit videos. And it was a lot of, a lot of learning. <laughs> Yeah, this is Caleb here. Um, I teach down the street at the University of North Texas. You know, what's really cool is with the shift towards remote learning and limited rehearsal capacity, there's been more of an emphasis in, on chamber music, which has been really nice to see students start to take their own initiative and creativity. And I think that's something that's been welcomed. So it's a hard situation but there are definitely some advantages to it. And that's something we try to cultivate and encourage in our masterclasses with students whenever we go out on the road together. And Caleb, I believe that you are the newest member of Canadian Brass. When, when did you join the ensemble? I actually joined back in 2013. So this is eight years in for me, and I'm still the newest. Caleb actually put us on trial. So he's in eight years, but he reversed the whole quotient of uh, joining a group. <laughs> did he really? And now, what do you mean by that? How did he do that? Next question. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Chuck here. Each person that joins the group brings, you know, one person is 20%, which is pretty major change. So indeed, when Caleb did join, uh, he brought along a lot of uh, uh, interest in music that uh, we then talk about and share. And what we find out with a group of five, you can have everything from, you know, our backgrounds include marching bands and uh, orchestras, um, dance bands, stage bands, a lot of South American music recently, a big emphasis on South American music, which uh, Elmer can tell you about that because uh, he, he brings a South American flair to the brass quintet medium. It's a, it's a whole new venture. Hello, this is Elmer. Uh, well, I'm so happy. Uh... Uh, got this chance to play with these guys and feel very blessed and I'm very happy also that we're doing Latin music, something that I haven't done in, in years because I play in the Dallas Symphony so we don't play much Latin music there. So <laughs> kind of happy we're doing that here and also happy that I, I got to fly after a year that I've been stuck in Dallas. I can well imagine. Well, it sounds like we're going to get quite a variety on these Lead Center concerts. I wonder if you could delve just a little more into the details of your program. Sure, this is Achilles <laughs> again. Uh, yeah, we have a program with a vast variety of uh, music, starting from the Renaissance to the Beatles. And of course, we're going to play our classic arrangement of Tocana and Fugue by Johann Sebastian Bach. Of course, some Latin music, as Elmer mentioned, uh, music from Peru and Argentina, the music of the great Aso Piazzolla. Dixieland, even music from the 20s, like all these virtuosic pieces that were written for bands, some arrangements, uh, Flat of the Bumblebee, everything you can imagine. 
And Mozart, <laughs> of course, Mozart. Achilles is playing a very, very virtuoso trombone solo. Uh, actually, we weren't sure that we were going to program it, but since I'm announcing it now, he has to do it. So, good luck. I, got, I need to go practice. I'll see you. <laughs> a great way to put pressure on your ensemble members there. I like it. Well, you know, I know the ensemble um, has played everywhere, including television shows, and Nebraska has a kind of special connection to The Tonight Show because Johnny Carson was from Norfolk, Nebraska. And thinking about that, I remembered something that trumpeter Doc Severinsen said to me about playing at the Lead Center. He said that before concerts, he really enjoys warming up in the stairwells at the Lead Center. He said that place has the best stairwells, which I thought was an interesting compliment to pay. Do any of you have specific warm-up routines or pre-concert routines? I want to tell you about Doc Severinsen. He was in Toronto uh, not too long ago. He was playing this beautiful new hall, which is attached to the Conservatory of Music, where uh, young pianists study young instrumentalists. And uh, he was warming up way up, like five floors up, somebody came into the stairwell and said, you can't play in here. And Doc said, well, don't you know who I am and why I'm here? And she said, no, and you can't play in here. And they kicked him out. So he had to, he had to find another resonant place to warm up. <laughs> Unbelievable. We all have different warm up routines. Caleb, I think is probably the most measured and very I'd say regimented, very consistent. Achilles also warms up for long periods of time. Elmer, I noticed, is a more normal kind of warm-up, something you'd expect. And uh, Jeff uh, just plays as loud as he can, just for a few notes, and then he's ready to play. I can't remember what the tuba player does. Oh, that's me. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> so we all have our different way of uh, preparing and, and getting ready for a concert. Well, here's the thing. This is Caleb. The uh, lower the instrument, the less time you need to warm up. And also, the more variety of warm-ups works. So, for example, Chuck, all he needs is a coffee, and he's warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> but the trumpet players, since we have a really difficult job, unlike the other musicians, uh, we actually need some time to get things working. I'm not sure if listeners are going to believe you or not, but we'll see. We took a page out of the dance uh, world, where um, I think it was Baryshnikov uh, planned his program so that each piece was... Uh, more aggressive so that it was sort of a warm-up built into the the program itself so we always start every concert with just a closer walk every concert which starts out very slow but there is a danger and the danger is a closer walk is known for being used for funerals so we have to be careful at the end of the piece because you know that, that could be it five minutes and we're done <laughs> I think it's clear to tell that no matter what happens, this is going to be an entertaining set of performances. We'll do our best. At the Lead Center for Performing Arts, Canadian Brass. I've been talking here with Chuck Dellenbach, Jeff Nelson, Achilles Learmacopoulos, Elmer Chirampi, and Caleb Hudson. Canadian Brass are back at the Lead Center for Performing Arts April 29th and 30th, and we will have a link to more on the Friday Live page of our website. Really, I thank all of you for your time, and I hope we get to talk again soon because this was fun. Fantastic. Same here. Thanks, Shirley. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Next, I'm joined by Kirk Schrader, director of the Best Streeter Aldridge Foundation. The Best Streeter Aldridge House is in Elmwood and has been scheduled to host some events, although the pandemic has made it challenging to set those dates too far in advance. So I'm checking in with Kirk here to see how things are going. Kirk, I'm so glad to talk with you again. It's a pleasure to be here today. How are you? I'm doing fine. We're just uh, rolling with the punches these days, aren't we? That's for sure, especially those of us in the tourism industry, for sure. Well, so what does May look like for the Aldridge House? Well, you know, actually, it feels like we're about ready to burst open with a lot of exciting things because um, May 1st uh, is kicking off several things, including a new exhibit, and it's a wedding exhibit. So um, you'll find in the house wedding dresses from uh, 1867, until current day. There's over 20 some dresses here and other collections. So uh, we're excited to show people. It's really beautiful and our gardens are just starting up and they're beautiful. So I'm excited about that. So that's our current exhibit that we'll be having. And then on May 1st, we're also having what we call a um, plant exchange. If you'd like to come out at nine o'clock in the morning and bring 10 plants, we'll let you take home five plants from somebody else or here at the gardens. And then uh, if you don't have plants to bring, come at 10 o'clock and you can purchase what's left and uh, enjoy coffee on the grounds, uh, help make May baskets for those shut-in neighbor ladies that you've been ignoring for a while. And uh, we have some refreshments. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun way to kick off the new exhibit. Very nice. And how long do your exhibits usually stay up when you open those? It's usually a quarter, so uh, three months. This one will actually go through the end of August, so you can expect uh, to come visit us on a a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Saturday, or a Sunday afternoon from one to four. And if you have a big enough group, we'd love to come and let you have your own personal day here too, so we can do that as well. Kirk, how is the Aldrich House doing? How has the pandemic affected you and the museum? You know, uh, I think what's happened is that our members have all stepped up and of course we've been able to receive some funding through Humanities Nebraska, which has been a great benefit. But uh, to get put it in perspective, in a normal year we have about 1,300 guests and last year we had 400. So it could have been really tough if people didn't uh, help us out in this situation because as a nonprofit, small organization, those are tough uh acts to follow or, you know, to work through. So, um, but we're looking forward. We got through the tough part and we started doing some planning for that. And then in June, we've got several events going also. So if you watch our Facebook page or I can tell you about the the ones that you want to hear about, but uh, we're excited about those too. What do you have coming up in June? On June uh, 4th, uh, it's a Friday afternoon uh, at two o'clock, a lady from Lincoln by the name of Dottie Wolverton will come out and give a program on aprons. And you're like, well, what's there to know about aprons? But there really is a fashion to them and they have changed over the decades. And she'll explain that here at the house. And then you can also see the wedding exhibit at that time. And then on June uh, 13th, a Sunday afternoon, we're going to have a garden event where we award our short story awards that we gave out this year. And uh, Jeff Barnes from Humanities Nebraska will give a program entitled Nebraska Landmark Buildings. And so he'll be showing us some of those. And then on the 14th of June through the 17th, we have our first kids camp. So there's a writing camp here for kids who are third grade through sixth grade. And then we conclude June with a program by uh, Lori uh, Zumhoff from um, 
uh, Concordia College, and she's going to give a program on um, a book review on Mrs. Aldrich's book, The Cutters, which we just were able to republish this year. So it's a lot of exciting things. We're just excited to, to be able to get going. Lots of things going on in May and June. You know, Kirk, I was surfing around the website for the Best Reader Aldridge Foundation, and I came across something that she wrote for Ladies Home Journal in 1933 titled, Why I Live in a Small Town. And it is an interesting read. Aldrich wasn't from Nebraska originally, but it really felt like she's wholeheartedly adopted this place after living here for a time. That's absolutely true. Um, she, you know, was really had the means and the ability to live anywhere in, in the United States, but she chose to live in a little small town with 600 people. She got to know her neighbors. She was greeted her first day here by her neighbor lady unpacking her dishes and preparing them a meal. And she said that was an experience she lived through every day here. And so she wanted her children to be brought up in this type of environment, even back then. So she did love her small town and she stayed here until 1946 when she decided she needed to be closer to her daughter and move to Lincoln. So it's fun to have that legacy that she wanted to be here. And for our listeners um, who are going to their map app on their phones or something, maybe just tell us where is Elmwood located in the state of Nebraska? Okay, so we're very close to Lincoln. We're actually about 20 miles east of Lincoln. And those of you who know it as O Street, it's also Highway 34. And also, once you hit Cass County, it's the Best Reader Aldrich Memorial Highway. So you'll stay on that and through Eagle, and then you'll come as far as Elmwood Highway 1, come into Elmwood two miles, and we're in the center of town by the city park, which happens to also be, as you may have guessed, named the Best Reader Aldrich Park. All right. And Kirk, anything else that you'd like listeners to know? Just like for you to know that uh, to get the most current information, the best place to visit is our Facebook page because that's uh, affordable. And so it's one that we can change uh, the information quickly. So my contact information is there. So give us a call and we'll see if we can fit you into one of these fun projects coming up. Kirk Schrader is executive director for the Best Reader Aldridge House and Museum in Elmwood, Nebraska. Lots of events coming up in both May and June. Kirk, thanks for talking with me this week. It was my pleasure. Looking forward to to seeing you again. Serving your community anywhere that might be, NET Radio is Nebraska's public radio network online at netnebraska.org. The Friday Live Extra is a weekly podcast from NET Radio. Production help from Dave Hughes. Our theme music is by Alexios Anest. You can learn more about people and groups involved in arts and humanities in Nebraska by listening to Friday Live, broadcast statewide each week on NET Radio, streaming audio and video online at netnebraska.org, and also available as a podcast. I'm Genevieve Randall. (laughs) 